0: Welcome to SHIFT, a college admissions, ACT, and SAT podcast for a changing world. I'm Tyler, the founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable ACT course that uses memory-based adaptive learning technology to get you better results in less time. Uh, You can get a free trial by visiting Achievable.me, and if you like it, the code podcast will get you 10% off at checkout. Now, let's get started. So today, we've got Steven Friedfeld from Accept You with us, and Steven, I'd love if you could just introduce yourself and your company.
1: Sure. Thanks so much, Tyler. Um, I have worked my entire career in admissions after graduate school. I worked at Cornell University as an assistant dean of undergraduate admissions in the College of Arts and Sciences for four years. And then I moved down to Princeton University, where I was an associate dean in the School of Engineering and Applied Science. I was actually uh, an associate dean of graduate admissions and graduate affairs at Princeton for six years. I then Um, was an independent admissions consultant for four years before co-founding Accept You in 2010. So Accept You is a virtual admissions consulting firm. Um, As I've said, we've been around for 13 years and all of our admissions is done virtually. So we have about 25 admissions counselors or consultants. They live in about 15 or so different states around the U.S., Over our 13 years, we've worked with students from 35 plus countries and 40 or so states. And uh, as a virtual company, it allows us to work with students regardless of location. And we work with students as early as as ninth grade on all aspects of the admissions uh, process.
0: Fantastic. Yeah, and I feel like uh, something we talked about when we were uh, getting ready for this call is uh, that you talk to a lot of people that are applying for either computer science or STEM nowadays. I think you said it's the the number one largest cohort. Is that true?
1: yep uh without a doubt computer science is the largest uh, is is the, the the most popular major I should say for the students that we're working with. Um we, you know, ask students when they are juniors and seniors what kinds of majors might you be interested in at the university level. I mean, we even Lightly ask ninth and tenth graders, and 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 STEM certainly um, is very popular. But even within STEM, we see CS is incredibly popular, and we we definitely have some ideas and advice and guidance when students mention those um, types of majors.
0: Yeah. So I mean, I'd love to hear from you, kind of like let's say that's like the first thing you hear in a conversation, either with parents or with with a student. <laughs> what are you? Um, how do you kind of start things off? Well.
1: Uh, it does depend on their grade uh, our conversations and our advice is going to be different for ninth and tenth graders compared to eleventh and twelfth graders, and that's for anyone in any major so if a student um, is interested in computer science as a major in in college that's fantastic, but we at the most basic level, we want to make sure that the student graduates with a really strong stem curriculum so if your high school offers ap computer science a or ap computer science principles um, or other types of programming type courses it is essential that the student takes those not surprisingly um, we want students to to take the ap calculus and our ap statistics whether it's ab calculus or bc calculus Um, we've seen so many advanced students these days taking calculus not as 12th graders, which is what I did in high school and perhaps what you did in high school, but we see Mm even 11th graders. I cannot tell you, surprisingly, I've seen a a growing number of students take calculus even before 11th grade, but it is not required, it's not necessary, but for better or worse, a lot of parents are really pushing their math-oriented children to maybe self-study during their summers. And when the students are taking courses during the summer, they're uh, or self-studying during the summer. They're able to accelerate their math. Um, you know, so sometimes they're taking differential equations in eleventh grade or twelfth grade. Maybe they're taking multivariable calculus at not typically at the high school, but maybe at the local community college.
0: Got it. Okay, and so that's like, a, I mean, first off, yeah, just like the goalposts are moving, and you need to have those yeah. kind of things. um But, like, within the transcript, is there anything else that you think students really um, should be considering as part of their transcript? Because what I've heard, at least, um, you know, I was talking to somebody about going into medical school. And, like, the medical school transcript apparently includes, um, you know, physics, biology, and chemistry, which are things that – I mean, biology obviously makes a lot of sense, and chemistry to an extent. Physics, I was a little surprised by. So it's like, are there sort of tangential or adjacent things – Yeah. Um, That are still important for people that are looking at computer science or STEM.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and so I'll start with computer science and then shift more into either STEM or pre-med. So if a student wants to study um, computer science at the university level, there's some factors to take into consideration. Um, And they might say, well, I'm applying to universities A, B, C, D, and E, and I can major in computer science over in the College of Engineering or the College of Arts and Sciences. That's often the choice that the student has. What's the difference? And we say, almost always, there's no difference in that the major is the same, the course requirements for graduation are the same, the professors Mm -hmm. are the same, and so forth. It's just that if you're a computer science major in the College of Arts and Sciences, the types of courses that you have to complete outside of your major requirements are more arts and sciences oriented. If you're a computer science major in the College of Engineering, then the the course requirements for graduation are more engineering oriented or STEM oriented outside of your CS major. So that that's number one. So yeah, I and I will focus on non-transcripts, um, but at this point, I think it's a, a good start to think about does your high school transcript at the most basic level look like. So if you want to be a CS type major, I mentioned the types of courses that are, are essential. If you want to be another type of STEM major, whether it's a science major or an engineering major, I definitely have different advice. And then we'll get to pre-med. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be a science major, that's Usually in the College of Arts and Sciences, or they might have a College of Science at a given university, or some places might have a College of Human Sciences, or they might have a College of Agriculture and Life Sciences, and, and there's other variations. Basically, you want to take a STEM heavy curriculum in high school, whether that means um, you don't necessarily have to take all of the AP or IB STEM courses that are offered, but you want to make sure that you're taking a very rigorous STEM course, including. Uh, calculus and/or statistics. Uh, presumably, calculus is going to trump statistics. But if you want to be in the school of engineering at a university, the College of Engineering, it is essential. It's actually required. I would say to take AP mm-hmm. Physics, AP Computer Science, and AP Calculus. So if you want to be a chemical engineer or if you want to be a civil engineer or a bioengineering major or a computer science major within the school of engineering, then like I said, we want to ensure that the student has taken AP calculus, AP physics, and AP computer science at the high school level before graduating. If the high school offers AP, if they're on an IB system, then we want them to take the IB equivalent. If their high school doesn't offer those courses, um, then, then maybe take the honors version, or perhaps they can take what we would say is go to the local community college and maybe take courses so we always want students to be as prepared as they can and and if your high school doesn't offer certain courses it sure does look good to the university that you've gone above and beyond the the high school walls to compensate for what your high school maybe lacks um mm-hmm. so and like i said i'll uh We'll dive into other you know, extracurricular type profile requirements for these types of majors, but, but the students need to not just take these courses and take a progressively rigorous set of courses, but they need to, of course, do very well in those courses. So I always say B pluses, A minuses, A's and A pluses, preferably A minuses and higher. It depends on the level of university or the selectivity of the university. Um, but I mean, speaking of computer science, i'm going to get the number wrong but the the admit rate at the university of illinois is is i want to say between two and five percent or something very very Mm -hmm. low if you apply as a computer science applicant but if you apply as any other or virtually any other major it's probably 20 30 40 percent admit rate or some normal admit rate if you will so you know i i I hear students all the time say i want to study computer science and and suddenly there's a shift in my sort of language or my my advising i mean i i'm primarily as within our company i do all of the initial consultations or most of the initial consultations and then we have like i said 25 counselors that we you know will um advise the students and guide and counsel the students but even just in that initial conversation i do really feel that when computer science is on the table, we want to make sure that the student at the most basic is at the most basic level is prepared to even be competitive when he or she applies to those particular majors. Now with pre-med, which you've indicated earlier is an interest for a lot of students, pre-med students, we always want them to take, well, there's a few ways to approach this. We want them to have um, <clears throat> probably AP biology or IB biology. Um, I like students to take chemistry at a high level and then calculus at a high level. But the one point that I think is important to note is that a student can major in virtually anything and then go on to medical school. So a student, Mm -hmm. one of my good friends, I use her as an example, she does not know this, but one of my good friends was a Near Eastern Studies major. still good friends to this day my friend was a near eastern studies major and then she went to medical school and even from day one her plan was to study near eastern studies and go to medical school i remember asking her in probably junior year or so i said why are you studying nes as we called it and why aren't you a bio major like practically everyone else or chemistry major who's pre-med And she said oh well this is my passion i love Middle Eastern studies and Near Eastern studies. She said, and I'm going to be a physician for the rest of my life, and I'll be in the world of science for the rest of my life. So for these four years, I want to study Near Eastern studies, and as elective courses, I'll take all of the pre-med requirements. And she did, and then you know she said, so then I'll you know dive into science, and she has. This is 30 years later. She does science, you know, for a living. So so that is a reality that most students don't understand, or most parents don't understand is that you can study anything virtually and then go on to medical school. So to go to medical school, you need to make sure that you have, at the most basic, two years of biology, two years of chemistry, Mm -hmm. one year of physics, and one year of mathematics. That's basic. I'm probably getting it slightly wrong but that's essentially what you'll need to go to medical school these days the universities with the medical schools rather would like to see one semester of sociology one semester of english language and literature one semester of psychology so something else for students to keep in mind but if you were a near eastern studies major or a government major or a latin american studies major or any major in your elective courses you can take the biology chemistry math physics Type courses that are really required to go on to medical school. So, so, so if we sure. tra- trace that back to high school students, well, mm-hmm. if you think that you want to major in the science, almost everyone we talk to thinks that they want to study biology because they think that that's the pre-med major. Uh, Mistakenly, they think that, no fault of theirs or their parents, but they think, well, if I wanna go into medicine, then I need to study biology. It's actually a a very good major. Although I've talked to some physicians who actually would prefer chemistry majors over biology majors, just because of the analytical aspects of chemistry. But but the reality is, um, if you think you want to be a biology major, then you should take AP Biology, AP Calculus, and probably AP Chemistry. If you think you wanted to be a Chemistry major, then AP Calculus and AP Chemistry at the most basic level. So, so, you know, we always say to students, if you think you know your career, and you think you might know what major you want in college, Then you can back calculate and probably figure out to a good extent what your high school curriculum or transcript maybe should look like. The reality is, taking the most challenging curriculum and doing very well in that curriculum is always critical. Um, I don't want students to think that they don't need to take AP social sciences and humanities. They certainly can take AP social sciences and humanities courses, and they probably should if they want to be a science or engineering major, but it's less essential.
0: Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think then beyond the transcript, I'd love to talk about for, for computer science and STEM specifically, yeah. right? Um, how you would then start to look at the extracurriculars and the other sort of things like that, right? And I think kind of extracurriculars in my mind fall into kind of two categories. Sure. There's the stuff that you do either at school or during the school year, <laughs> and then there's like summer programs and internships.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, I always, I say this almost every day of my life. Let's look at the word extracurricular. It means outside the curriculum. So whatever Mm -hmm. you do, whether it's informal at home or a club at school or in the summer, all of that counts as extracurriculars. Most people actually don't even realize that first category exists and quote unquote counts. And I say, yeah, if you're a a great example for CS is we had a student about two summers ago during the summer, he basically built a computer from scratch from from used parts that he found at around his house or around a junkyard. I'm not sure of the details, but he built a computer. That was his extracurricular project during the summer. We had another student, actually, this is probably going back five to 10 years. Over the summer, his extracurricular projects included taking his bicycle and turning it into an uh an electric bike and he wanted to be a mechanical engineering major and then he actually took Mm -hmm. his bedroom and made it into a rube goldberg machine he actually made a video of it a working rube goldberg and then sent it to to me to view i remember this and it was so fun to watch and we said oh you need to send that link that youtube link to universities i mean who wouldn't want him as a mechanical engineering major on their campus but so so right it's so creative so creative, but he didn't do it for college admissions. He did it so genuinely and authentically. It was really a good i you know gave universities a good idea of who he is and what kind of Person he would be on the on the campus and what kind of major he would would undertake um, but but most students aren't going to build a Rube Goldberg machine or they're not going to turn their bike into an electric bike, although I'd like to see that, or they're not going to build a computer from scratch, but those are great extracurriculars that are more fun and creative, and they stand out you know if you're an admissions officer and you're reading let's say twenty five or more applications a day. People don't realize when you're on application number 22, three, four or five, you don't remember any details about applications one through even probably 10 or 15 from that same day. And the reality right. is I'm not even saying, like you don't even remember having read those applications. You, you could say, I don't, I don't even remember them or certainly the next day, unless there's something interesting or memorable or different or, or unique. So if you join the robotics team as most many students do who want to study something like CS. I don't want you not to join the robotics team. I think it's fantastic to do that, but that's not going to stand out. That's not very exciting or memorable. It's not like you're the first student I've ever met who joined the robotics team, but maybe you can, maybe you can become a president or vice president or captain within your robotics team. Maybe your team can go to the state level and win or the national level, or maybe you can start a robotics team for the third and fourth graders in your school district. That is going to be much more outstanding and memorable to me. So I always say, I don't want you not to do the quote unquote standard activities like soccer or theater or community service or robotics. I want students to do those things, but they're not standout activities. They're what we see quite often, but it's those activities that are different or memorable or unique that are going to, to really make a difference or an impact on the admissions. Um, so to your point earlier, Tyler, you were talking about an internship or a summer camp or a summer project. Yeah, I, I like those summer classes on university campuses or summer camps, if you will, on university campuses that are very focused or directed. Um, if If the student is applying to a very highly selective university, we often will advise a, a one-on-one research project. And the reality is um, students have said to us for years, how do I get one? And we say, well, you can email or phone call um, university professors and see if they maybe will take you on for the summer. Or if you live near a university, knock on some doors. And COVID disrupted all of that. And actually the students who were the most um who took the most initiative not surprisingly were the ones who were the most successful not surprisingly were the ones who are targeting the top universities um but we actually have partnered with college impact so it's collegeimpact.com and they have a team of probably 25 or maybe 30 phds all of whom do independent research projects one-on-one Virtual research projects with high school students, and so you know, for years our students would say, "I don't know how to get a research project, but I want to, but I want to do one. It sounds interesting and exciting, um, and it lets me dive more deeply into a field of study that I think might be my major someday." So we we often, or I should say, always will um, send our students to talk to our our partner program at College Impact because maybe they have a great project for students, um, but students. Can like I said, they could go to one of these projects or or programs, they can go to a university for the summer, or they can on their own, you know, take their bicycle and turn it into an electric bike. So we don't want students or parents to think that they have to spend money necessarily during the summers to have a meaningful summer or one that maybe is impactful. There's there's actually less expensive slash more affordable summer opportunities like an edX course or Coursera course, those are only a few hundred dollars and they're usually asynchronous, meaning, you know, the student goes at her own pace, but that's a really nice way to tell the universities, yeah, I'm diving more deeply into an area of study that I think could be uh, a major or, or, or a minor for me to study at the college.
0: Right. Well, I think and you're touching on something that I've heard a few times, but it's just worth kind of calling out specifically, which is that colleges would rather see somebody who's taking initiative and doing something unique and interesting on their own that's entirely their own than the 100th kid who went to the $5,000 yeah. summer camp, right? Totally. totally. And it's just it, it's just the having the drive to in the in, well, the inspiration and then the drive and the determination to actually follow through with it yeah. is the stuff that they're looking for.
1: Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with those $5,000 camps. I mean, it's just, that's a lot of money. (laughs) So that's why I always say, look, you could teach yourself Japanese during the summer or teach yourself a computer coding language if we're sticking with the STEM idea. So you don't have to spend any money and you can have a very meaningful summer. It's just that a lot of students don't necessarily know what to do, or they don't have direction or they don't have that initiative. And so maybe they do need a structured or guided project, but but all of those options are on the table and all are viable. The universities don't hold it against the student for going to University X's summer program. In fact, they probably work themselves at University X. They're not, they're not averse mm-hmm. to it. And the student might meet other students from all over the country or all over the world. It might be their first time having some independence, staying on a dorm for three weeks. They might actually, if they take a course at a university and get a letter grade and a transcript. That is a double-edged sword. I always tell students, you really need to get a B plus or higher or else it actually will be held against you. <laughs> um, and mm-hmm. so, I mean, preferably I'd like an A minus or higher, but a B plus is acceptable as well. So, you know, you want to prove and show and demonstrate to the universities this interest, but also your, your um, abilities and your excitement. Um, all of this is really going to come out when these university applications Ask the question: What do you want to study and why? And mm-hmm. that question has been on many applications, most applications at highly selective universities for a couple decades. What do you want to study and why? And uh, mm-hmm. when I worked when I worked at Cornell in the College of Arts and Sciences, I always considered that a much more important essay question than the Common App essay. Um, uh, you know we had changed over the years how the essay question itself was worded, but it's essentially what are your two or three academic interests? How did they evolve? They're not saying what's your major because they know that you have a couple years before you actually declare your major, but they want to make sure that the student has intellectual curiosity and intellectual interests. And as one of my colleagues here at Except You, who also used to work at Cornell with me, we, we like to say, yeah, we, we're okay with undecided. We just don't necessarily favor profoundly undecided. We want students to have some ideas mm-hmm. and, and direction and focus. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it, you touched on a couple of things there. Um, I mean, I think the biggest thing for me is is just that these students need, uh, unfortunately or fortunately, like to at least have put effort into any direction, kind of totally. in their like junior and senior years, right? At a minimum. Like they yeah. can't, if, if it's kind of like, I, you know, I basically didn't do much and then now I'm applying to college and maybe I like have sudden, I like joined the robotics team my junior year. Right. Right. Like right, right. That's not going to, that's not going to cut it. <laughs> I think, I think no. also um, within computer science, the nice thing about computer science, I think it's harder with STEM because like it is, you know, you kind of, you, you, you can't just like roll into somebody's chemistry lab and start messing with stuff. But right. in computer science, you really can do a lot by yourself with no permission totally. or help or anything. You can contribute to a GitHub open source project. You can, you know, build your own project. I mean, I, yeah. I one of the stories I've heard was somebody who built an app that was like basically just like a simple information app to help migrants from Honduras navigate the US oh, wow. admissions process. And it was because they were Honduran, right? So they heard yeah. about these issues from people sure. that they knew. Um, but But think about my, sorry
1: to interrupt you, but look, my reaction, I just, I just said, wow, that's the reaction you want from admissions officer.
0: Totally. And it's also the reaction that you get when you go out and you build something on your own, right. Versus basically just like trying to, trying to kind of like find things to join. So you could say you were in things. Yeah. And the whole other point of this, and I mean, kind of the whole point of college, and this gets lost in the admissions process, but I do (laughs) think that if I had to, if I had to put like a lighthouse on anything, I think it's like you shouldn't. This shouldn't be a chore. You should actually be excited about building your own app for something. You should be excited about whatever research project you're doing. Um, If if you're not, I don't know. Is that the career that you want, or is it or the major that's good
1: for you? I couldn't agree more with you. Absolutely. I mean we don't want students to um build their resume for the sake of college admissions we want them to participate in activities that they like or love and if it if it is a chore to learn a new computer language or to do a computer project with a professor or with you know college impact or if it's a chore to do something stem related and really you keep going back to um writing for your high school newspaper and journalism and that's your passion then maybe maybe the universe is telling you something i mean we we actually find that we're oftentimes navigating um between what the student wants and what the parent wants for the student or his or her son
0: yeah i can daughter. imagine there's a lot of parents that are really pushing computer science oh yeah or things I, like it I, yeah
1: I, I just read an article um about 2 weeks ago i wish i had saved it talking about the ebbs and flows of majors and their popularity and i remember from that article um everyone under the sun in the year 2000 to uh, sorry 2010 to 2015 or so was pharmacy 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 so people were getting a bachelor's of pharmacy a master or a doctorate in pharmacy and suddenly there was such an um a surge of pharmacy um, graduates, people with a PharmD degree or other degree similar, that they weren't getting jobs because they had a glut, and so this mm-hmm. person was predicting that that same is going to happen with computer science. And I I chuckled when I read that, and I thought I can see that because I mean I would be surprised if computer science were not the most popular major at virtually every campus these days. The research university, certainly. Um, Computer Mm -hmm. science, biology, and business tend to be the top three. When we surveyed our students a year ago, those were the top three for our students as well, even though we try, we do what we call academic advising for ninth and 10th, and to a lesser extent, 11th and 12th graders. We're trying to get them to think about all the majors that are out there, think about um, different unheard of majors. I often will advise a student to go to umich.edu, the website. I say, look at Michigan. It's such a top and comprehensive university with probably 115 majors, many of which you never knew existed. Look through all of their majors. And if you find something that piques your interest, maybe that major, probably that major exists at other universities. So maybe you shouldn't look for universities when you're looking for your school list. Maybe you should look for univ- for that major and which universities even offer that major. I think it's a really exciting way to think about it. But you know, oftentimes the parents are the drivers and they keep talking about, they always talk about, Financial security, job security, and that that certainly the students will say that too. Well, I just want to get a job after college. I want security. And I always think, well, I know people who can major in anything, literally anything, and will land on their feet and get a job as long as they do well, no matter where they go. so I, I I think of Frank Bruni's book, Where You Go Is Not Who You'll Be. I think that's really, he's not talking about majors, but he's talking about, you know, institutions, which which colleges, college you yeah, go yeah. to doesn't necessarily dictate what your life will be. I know that for certain. Um, but I also I'll come back to, we as a company have graduate admissions counseling as well. It's about 10 to 15% of our business. So it's a, a smaller portion, but one of our grad student grad clients from about, <clears throat> This was probably five years ago now, was an accounting major in undergrad, uh, and she was from China. I said, why did you study accounting? Well, she wanted to get an MFA, Master of Fine Arts in uh, Fashion, and I said, wow, that's really exciting. Uh, that's not going to happen unless you take a couple years off, intern at um, some fashion industry. Uh, internships. Um, you need to build a portfolio. You need to start sewing and creating and designing and making. And she did all that for about two years. And she worked with our portfolio expert and she ended up getting into MFA programs. So yes, can you go from accounting to um, fashion? It's quite a pivot, but it can happen as long as something in between those two degrees. You know, but But the point is, I remember asking, why did you study accounting if your passion Is in the fashion uh, industry and in design, and she said, "Oh, my parents made me. They they wanted me to make sure I got a job." Well, that's not helpful or healthy, in my opinion, and I see it all the time. I would say almost every day, I talk to students who are really pushed by their parents for um, major into majors and fields that. You know, it's nice when the student agrees and wants to study that area, <laughs> but sometimes we hear a strong disconnect or disagreement, and then the students have this big smile on their face and they 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 like us as a company because we start to say, well you, there are other maybe you could study um you know history or government or sociology or anthropology. you don't have to you know well delicately we don't want to insult anyone, but we don't we say, oh, you don't have to study." you know, applied mathematics if you don't want to and you really want to study government, right? And the student will say, finally, mm-hmm. someone's listening to me. So it's it's a balance. It's a delicate balance. And we don't want to, you know, really fight with parents on this. But we do want them, the parents and the students to realize that there's a lot of pathways that are out there that are viable. Um, I realize that we want to focus on STEM, but I'm just saying, it's okay not to study STEM as well. Um, In fact, the university see see many fewer humanities and social sciences applicants. So I do feel like students with those interests probably do have an advantage in the admissions process. I don't want students baking their application and pretending they're interested in a government major when really they wanna study computer science. It doesn't work that way. It genuinely doesn't.
0: Right yeah and I mean, I think this is kind of a good good note to conclude on, right yeah. um, it's just the idea that at the end of the day, I mean maximizing your or and just like you know trying to get the most computer science computer science application is absolutely a worthwhile thing to do if that's what you're you yes. and your child right, or if you're the student listening yeah, if that's what you yeah. want to do right yeah, um yeah. but really, at the end of the day universities are looking for somebody who is proactive, taking initiative and passionate about x and it doesn't have to be computer science. No. Right? And so if you're if you're finding that you're forcing it all the time, right? Maybe think about why or at least for me like I mean I found even within marketing that like I did marketing for stuff that I wasn't that interested like enterprise software. Okay. And it was a grind, and then I did marketing for stuff that I enjoyed, like education, what I'm doing now, or video games, which is the sort of the other thing that I am passionate about, and that was a lot more fun, right? So it's like, yeah, be taking trying to kind of let your your self actually find what you'd want to work on anyway, and letting that guide you. I think is is the most important part, and if that's the computer science, great, right? But even if I agree. it's not. Yeah, whatever you're doing, follow the same steps that we just outlined, right? Like take the appropriate courses, figure out like how to work on projects that are relevant and um, you know, make sure that you're getting relevant even job experience as well, and you'll do great. Without a doubt.
1: I mean, I do think that um, you know, students w- students will figure it out. <laughs> students will find their passion. They'll figure out their major. Um, and, uh, and you never know where, where, you know, your university will take you, where your degree will take you. Um, I have a friend who studied human development, uh, for four years as his major, and he randomly was asked to be, uh, a computer programmer in Germany as his first job out of college. He met someone at a, one of those, um, career fairs on the university campus, mm-hmm. and he is easily the most successful person that I went to college with um, that I'm friends with. So uh, yeah, you don't, you never, you never know is, is the point where, where your skill set will take you
0: regardless of major. So um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much. This has been shift a college admissions podcast for a changing world hosted by Tyler from it's achievable with Steven Friedfeld from except you. And you can get a free trial of Achievables ACT course by going to Achievable.me. And if you like it, make sure to use the code podcast to save 10%.